welcome Hoosier fans to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call. Why not? Didn't play a game, but we can call it victorious anyway. Uh, another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as today your Indiana Hoosiers completed yet another edition of Hoosier Hysteria. And we are here with our annual Hoosier Hysteria show. Practice? Talking about practice? That's right. We are going to talk about practice today. We're going to overreact to things we saw at practice um, and generally just have some fun talking about basketball again. You know, it, I, I tweeted this out earlier today. It's like two things can be true at the exact same time. One, nothing really that we saw today from a basketball perspective means anything. And two, it was awesome to see some basketball stuff because basketball is back in Assembly Hall. Fans were in the building. And so it's still fun. And, you know, this was the introduction of the Mike Woodson era. And, you know, so to me, as we begin this show with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment, for me, it's when Mike Woodson was introduced and took the microphone and said, it's good to be back home and said, you know, we will. What was his exact quote? It was something like, we will get back or we will get this thing done. Um, talking about, you know, getting Indiana back on top and just seeing Mike Woodson and just kind of his control of the room, his control of the moment was awesome. As you might be able to tell in the background, my son, not quite as excited about it as I was. This is the new era of the assembly call where when my wife leaves, she takes my daughter with her, but she leaves my son. So with that said, I'm going to go grab my son uh, and let's turn it over to coach for your thoughts on today's Hoosier Hysteria coach. You were in the building. And we know your previous thoughts uh, on Hoosier Hysteria. I don't like Hoosier Hysteria. What'd you think about it actually being there? You know, you know, it, it serves a purpose to introduce the the new program with the new coaches and, and the new players, and for for us fans to uh, have a chance to see uh, this new ball club. And I'm going to start using that word, ball club. Uh, I kind of like that from Coach Woodson. So, um, yeah, it was good, and it serves a purpose uh, for the recruits being here, for fans who don't normally get in Assembly Hall. And the per main purpose is we have basketball back, and that's so it's it's so exciting. It's great to be here. Uh, the one thing with the with media credentials, you know, you're supposed to not cheer. Uh, it was really hard for me to uh, sit here quietly, and I caught myself going to clap a couple times, and, and I maintained the decorum that that needs to be. Uh, as a member of the media, but it was exciting to be here uh, and, and hear the music and, and hear the balls bouncing on the court. So overall, a really good uh, afternoon of Hoosier basketball. Jeff, uh, let's go. Well, let's go. Chad unmuted first. Yeah, first, and then we'll throw it. So to yeah, it, it, it's exciting to see them come out and everything like that. Obviously, like like has been said many times, we're not going to hear anything new or see uh, see anything new. The biggest thing that I was excited for coming out to this is both to see Coach Woodson come out for the first time, and then also the introduction that I was hoping they they would say welcoming home Coach Dane Fife uh, back to Assembly Hall. That was exciting exciting to see. And and for those that didn't catch it, I know most of you guys did that are here on this show. Uh, a good good fan of uh, a friend of the show. Uh, made his his debut as maybe we should say the voice of Hoosier Hysteria, uh, Galen Clavio, uh, there in that intro video, his, his voice very, uh, very noticeable to see. But again, um, not many things you're going to see a little little bit of a bummer. We didn't get to see the scrimmage uh, bummer that they, that they were shorthanded, as coach said, and uh, we couldn't see them them playing. But we got to see some warm ups. Uh, I got to see a few shots going up. Um, and everything. So again, Hoosier hysteria is in there. That just means we're that much closer to basketball, guys. It's very exciting. So Jeff, go ahead and take over next. Right, well, I'm going to I'm going to send it to Ryan here first because I want to make sure he has his rants um, 
uh, about go. the coverage a little I bit. I thought we weren't uh, letting Ryan talk because he's been bad-mouthing but, Hoosier hysteria. Why is he even here? No, no, I, I, I'm just whoa, encouraging whoa, whoa, Ryan whoa. to make sure he has a take um, because uh, you know, he doesn't state much uh, from what I hear. Yeah, uh, apparently he, he we got to be more on point. Yeah, we got an email this week that uh, somebody complaining that I didn't state my opinion enough. Uh, I, I, I don't know if there are any fans out there that, that agree with that take, but it's, it's pretty hilarious as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, I will say that they, and this happens every year with Hoosier hysteria, they need to get a little better with the camera angles and the, the presentation of it a little bit. I've seen the ones for other programs and they're a little more high tech. I like during the three point contest, I have no idea who made what or who did what, because they were zoomed in on the people's chests. And, and yeah. so you can see their shooting form, which is nice for me, but I don't know if anything went in. So have, have you Stewart. seen our percentages? That might've been, that, that might've been, been yeah. Yeah. Parker it might've been just saving, going in. saving people a trip to get more Zoloft. Um, but I, I think that, uh, that, yeah, they, they need to beef that up a little, I think. And, and I know they like having a student production and having it involved, but I think they need to be a little better prepared for it. That's, that's my criticism. Um, that said, you know, I, I agree with what everyone's saying that, that Mike Woodson coming out in his intro and you could tell he was emotional a little bit about it. And, um, and also the, uh, <clears throat> the speech by Isaiah Thomas, I think was, was a highlight, you know, highlighting Mike Woodson. I thought that was a smart uh, way to do it is have someone who knows Mike Woodson intimately sort of introduce him to the fans. Cause let's face it. Most of these people, uh, in the stands, uh, a lot of these students have no idea of Mike Woodson's legacy in Indiana. They can read it in the paper, but you hear it from somebody who was there uh, going through the battles with him. Uh, it, it has more of an impact. And I'll also say I, I have enjoyed uh, the continued incorporation of the women's team in with the men's team and making this sort of a co-event. That did not used to be the case. If anybody remembers the old Midnight Madness and and the early days of Hoosier Hysteria and, and you know, across college football or college basketball, that's not the case. So uh, I think that is that is excellent and uh, very much uh, a nice thing for the women's team too to be recognized, especially coming off of such a great season last year. Yeah, yeah. One point I'll make about that, given given the recent success of the women's team, isn't it more like they're sharing the stage with the men's team right now? (laughs) Considering we haven't made an NCAA tournament in five years, so I'm just happy they let us continue to be at Hoosier Hysteria. Hey, Coach Marlowe, I think besides uh, what did you like besides those uh, drills that you and I used to run all the time, the three man weave and 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 those passing drills were something like uh, we started uh, 25 years ago. Hey, before I answer that, though, Coach, I wanted to ask Ryan if he was doing like a Carlton dance earlier today when San Diego announced that Tingler was out. Uh, yeah, that was that was a good a good moment. I, I don't like seeing anybody lose their job, honestly, but I, I think the move that, move that had to be made, we'll say. But yeah, based on uh, your tw- based on your Twitter feed. But anyway, I, yes. Coach, I really did enjoy I really did enjoy watching some of the drill work. And somebody posted on Twitter. I think you can get an idea of what the offense will look like when you saw the four man stuff. Uh, when they were going up and down the floor and everybody was kind of getting a, and I was kind of one of my favorite things toward the end of my career was doing a lot of four and five man stuff where everybody got a shot down, you know, four or five trips down the floor. So I really like that. Um, I loved the, uh, the Hoosiers video with Woodson at the beginning where he was driving in the car. I thought it would have been perfect if he would have opened the door and Terry Morin would have been doing like the Barbara Hershey character. You're the new coach. You know, I, I would have, I was kind of waiting for that, but um, I really was fired up. You guys know I'm the president of the Zeke fan club here in the community. So, you know, um, I, Isaiah had me ready to walk to Bloomington with his quote, stand up, show up, show out. I, 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 
That they need to play that at the start of every game. That should be on the and big Jared, screen at the start of every game. And Jared, I saw your tweet about that. I totally agree. And then the last thing I wanted to show uh, a little bit, um, just he was talking about Mike Woodson's last game. Kind of, I think he started talking about his last game in Assembly Hall. That game is actually on YouTube. If any of our fan base wants to go watch that game, all you got to do is Google. It's against Ohio State. Now, the Purdue game, I'm not interested in watching, but that Ohio State game is for the Big Ten title overtime game in 1980. So, But I really like Zeke, and I like some of the things I saw. I was not a big fan of the 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 dunk contest because I'm just like you, Coach. I'm kind of cringing. Somebody Hopefully nobody gets hurt, and we got through that with nobody getting hurt. So, you know, again, I know that – we don't want to have any basketball takeaways from this. And there wasn't even a scrimmage, but I'm just curious, especially from coach, you know, since he was there, you know, and then as you guys were watching, if there was anything that you took away from a basketball standpoint, the only thing for me that I took away is we haven't gotten to see a lot of Parker Stewart. You know, we've gotten to watch some of the highlights of him, you know, when he played at uh, Pitt, when he played at Tennessee Martin. And so we've seen him be a guy who can make shots at Tennessee Martin, be a guy who was basically the do everything player offensively. But seeing him in an Indiana uniform, you know, on a team with guys whose uh, shot forms we've questioned over the last few years, he's got a beautiful shot form. You know, quiet body, his feet are good, he's got great wrist action on his shot. And, you know, I, again, we weren't able to see all the numbers, but I guess someone posted here in the chat that he went 17 for 25 on a second turn. And it makes sense. You know, I mean, he's just, he's got the look of a shooter and a shot maker. Um, and so, you know, again, you don't want to put too much into it, but that was my one basketball takeaway is we're looking for shooters. That guy's a shooter. Now, if he's going to make them come season, is he going to be rusty with the year off? Like there's still a lot of questions about him, but just seeing a guy shoot like that in Indiana uniform, look that fluid from a form standpoint was really encouraging for me to see coach. Would you see being there? Yeah, I, um, I would second that about Parker Stewart. I thought his shot was really smooth. Um, you know, Xavier's hitch is is real when you're live. It, it really is. And, you know, he's going to be able to hit a couple, but he, he can't count on him, I don't think. He's going to be that downhill guy, uh, that bulldog type of guy. Um, but but that basketball, you didn't see a whole lot of basketball. Uh, Coach Marlowe mentioned the, the four-on-o, the five-on-o multiple trip shows you a little bit of – he was calling away, and he wants that away pin screen down to the corner. So there's some concepts on the break uh, that you can pick up from, from that basic uh, drill work. But the other thing was, you can. I liked watching uh, the interaction between the coaches and the players, and it started in some of the walk-up stuff when Coach Woodson walks out, and he and the head coach is starting to bounce and sway back and forth. And I looked at the bench, and they're all back and swaying with their coach. And it's early, but again, if, if there's a feeling of okay, he's honest, and we've heard all the talk, and now you kind of see it that there just seemed like there was a little bit of a vibe and. And Coach Yaw, uh, same thing. When Coach Yaw came out and was doing a little running man, slow motion running man, and the whole team was doing that again, that that whole relaxed feeling that we have all been talking about, I got that sense from looking around the bigger picture. That um, and that's going to play out in basketball. Uh, you you hope in players playing better. Well, and Coach, you know, it's it's not just kind of looking like they're on the same page, kind of having fun. I thought it was interesting when Miller Cop was interviewed. You know, they were asking him about practices, right? And he said, you know, practices, we've had a lot of, of effort and a lot of urgency, right? And you remember what, what Mike Woodson said in that video that they posted? We got to do things with urgency. It's always one of those things I look for, you know, like if you see players in their comments and they're kind of echoing the messaging of the coaches, you know that it's sinking in a little bit. 
Now, you would expect that. It's preseason. No games have been lost. No playing time has been divvied up in a way that players don't like. All of that stuff. But I still like hearing players on message with their coach just seem to be in tune. Ryan, you wanted to say something about Parker Stewart. Oh, I just I think that he just looks very confident and smooth out there. And hey, there's a reason why he was playing so much in the Bahamas. They've seen him and they've decided they need that. You know, and he didn't he didn't shoot it well in the Bahamas, but he looks confident every time he rises up. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, he, it's certainly I think you're right, Coach and 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 Jared both that that the shooting form on him is is excellent. It doesn't shock me as he's being the son of a coach that that he is technically has a really good shot. Um, he does look a little streaky, I think, from watching, you know, from understanding what happened. I obviously couldn't see it, but what happened in that three point contest. And also, I want to say that a three point contest is not an indication of how good a shooter you are. It's an indication no. of how good you are at the three point contest, really, because it, very rarely are you going to be picking a ball up, setting yourself and shooting. I mean, that's just you know, and there are people with shots that are conducive to that. And there are people with shots that are not conducive to doing that. So, but that said, I think that that's the guy you're going to look at as, as potentially our best shooter. And, uh, he, uh, he showed out today. And, and so that, that's certainly a positive from a basketball perspective that I took. Also, I, I thought Logan Duncan was moving really well. I think that was another thing I noticed. Yeah. I, I just thought he was moving well. I, again, <laughs> you can't take much away from this, but I just thought that his feet, uh, were surprisingly quick, and he was getting up and down the floor pretty well. And I know he's been, you know, hampered with a shoulder injury, but it looked like he was he was pretty much full go. Uh, Coach Marlow or Chad, do you guys have any other half baked basketball takes from a very short practice? Just one of the excitement things. One of the big things that came out of media day was talking about Race Thompson and uh, Ryan. I know you were happy when you watched and saw this too. Him being in the skills challenge, it was great to see him going up and down the floor. Uh, making his, who's moving really well. Yeah. Making his free throw and then, and then nailing his three first shot. Um, so again, he, he looks like he has his confidence in his game and that part of his game, uh, to deliver, uh, and, and still use those assets and he's not scared. And, and, and we know, uh, now that he's got a head coach that's cheering him on to do those types of things. So, um, while it's, while it's jumping to conclusions, cause it's just a skills challenge in Hoosier hysteria, um, he's using those things that we know he can do and, and will just translate to better things for the team this year. Hey, much better that he made the three than missed it. Now we can hang on to that as we dream about stretch for race Thompson in the off season, you know, mm -hmm. That's what that's what this event is for. Uh, Coach, was, Marlo, that his, he, was that his Jeremiah April moment? <laughs> don't, don't don't even put those two in the same sentence. Come on. Don't don't you don't you disparage Ray Thompson like that. Coach Marlow, any just, other basketball takes? I, yeah, I just I guess maybe I don't want to be the negative person, but I just I would have really been like to be able to see a cop, a Miller cop, uh, a Lander, some of the guys that were held out today. And I understand why guys get held out. I just it would have been nice to see Miller cop in a three-point contest. And I agree, whoever said it, it's a three-point contest. That doesn't mean you're going to shoot it at a high percentage during the year. But I think cop has the ability to come out and hit 35, 40% of his threes this year, if not better. He's had, he's shown he can. I just would have liked to have seen that today. But I understand why guys were held out. It was a little concerning to me. I know it's still five and a half weeks till the first game, but I never like seeing a kid in a boot. I know they'll always say precautionary, but to me, I don't like seeing a kid in a boot. Coach, I'm curious, you know, I think the, the most important element of Hoosier Hysteria, you know, it's a it's a fan event. It's for fans to be there, feel some hype. It's for recruits. What was the energy like in the building? Like, give us kind of an attendance report, an energy report, that kind of stuff. 
you know, it, it, it looked like um, we'd all been off for two years, uh, to be honest with you. Um, you know, like we got to relearn how to be in, in, in assembly hall. It, it was, it was a late arriving crowd. It filled in nicely about up to the entryways. Um, the middle sections all the way up to the entryways were full. The edges of the main concourse, there were wide open seats in the front two rows. So I would say the crowd was less than what I expected, especially in Coach Woodson's uh, first year. But it's been raining here like crazy. And people might have thought they had to wait in line, that, that they didn't want to do that. Uh, and, and in previous years, if you didn't get in line early, you, you might have been up in the rafters or I know at some years it was, they were even turned away. So people might have said, let's just stream it or do something else. So there might have been some reasons for that. But it was it was a little disappointing that there weren't more people here for Coach Woodson's first uh, appearance, to be honest. And then it was just a slow go. Um, but, but when the T-shirt cannons come out and, and the cheerleaders were, you know, uh, riling up the crowd, it seemed like uh, – assembly hall of old and the, the people who were here were really good and loud and and had fun and so that's ultimately uh what it was but it, it did hit me that we all have to figure out how how being in an arena again and and you know um the mask thing and all of that stuff that that was required maybe that had something to do with it but it ended up being a that that didn't even that was my thought early and then it just escaped me until you really asked that question because it felt like being back here watching basketball again you know, and maybe it's a little bit of a reality check that, you know, I think some of us, you know, who were, you know, content creators, podcasters, we're on Twitter. We live in a bit of a bubble when it comes to Indiana basketball. And we're all really excited about Mike Woodson being the coach and about some of the new players and about all of this stuff. But the reality is this team hasn't played an NCAA tournament in half a decade. And so maybe this is a little bit of a reality check and it's just going to take a little bit more to get the average fan or the casual fan hyped up than just bringing in, you know, Mike Woodson, a, a bona fide legend in the history of IU basketball, but still, you know, a guy who didn't have a big profile among college basketball fans, you know, prior to this, it may just, it's going to take some winning still, you know, and I think you've got, you know, Ryan, the core folks like us fired up, not necessarily fired up from the sense of Indiana's going to win the Big Ten, but fired up from this is going to be fresh, the basketball is going to look different. You know, the the roster is a little bit more conducive to playing the modern game, like a lot of reasons to be optimistic, but it, you know, it's probably going to take the casual fans actually seeing some results to, to maybe, you know, fully come back. Well, I mean, let's be real when, you know, a lot of the fans who are, you know, the target demographic right now have no idea who Mike Woodson is. And I mentioned that in the open, you know, they've probably heard the name and they know he played at IU, but they don't know anything about him. You know, this isn't, this isn't, you didn't bring in a multi-time national championship winning coach. Who's the top recruiter in the country and is flashy and all this stuff. You brought in a very solid basketball coach and will it work? I mean, I, I, boy, do I hope so. And, and do I think that there have been a lot of positive signs early? Of course, but incremental positive signs don't excite people. What excites people are big splashes. And so, um, yeah, I think it's going to take time to get people back. And you know what gets people back? Wins. That's that's what they have to do. They have to win to earn the, to earn, bring the fan base back. And it's also, you know, post-COVID world where people aren't just going to rush down and go to an arena for a couple hours and wait outside in the rain uh, to get into an arena at the same level they would have, you know, five years ago. So, I think that also it being, you know, a little later on a Saturday, maybe took some of the the families out of it. And and so there's a lot of factors of why they probably wasn't that well attended. 
But at the same time, you got to win. I mean, they, remember where we were last year when when our when before Archie Miller got let go, it was apathy, complete apathy from the fan base. And that doesn't come back just because you bring a guy back who scored 2000 points at Indiana. It comes back by winning and by creating buzz and and being relevant again. And so that's a slow, long process. I do not envy uh, Mike Woodson and the and the coaches uh, who are going to do this. But yeah, it's going to take time to earn that trust back and to earn that excitement back. So let's go around the horn here with just some other observations. Uh, one observation that I want to make is that I loved. That I'm curious to get coaches' thoughts on this. I love that the coaches came out in the candy stripes and the traditional warmups. Like it looked, it was a little bit jarring to see, but I thought it was awesome. You know, especially since you know Mike Woodson obviously is you know one of the guys who's done the most in those warmups. It was also funny because my wife wasn't watching; she was up with my son. You know, he was sleeping. She got him up, so she comes downstairs, and the first things that she saw was Dane Fife walking out. <laughs> with the candy stripes in the warm-up, and she thought it was a player. And she goes, oh, my God, who the hell is that? (laughs) Yeah, Dane Dane doesn't look like a player these days. I know. So she was was a little taken aback by that. But I thought that look was just great. And Kenya coming out and ripping his candy stripes off. Like, there was just – you know, and I also liked – again, it's a a small thing, but Woodson coming out to Big Papa and kind of leaning into the meme, you know, the shirt with Mike Woodson. And – I just I think it I think that to me was an interesting metaphor for where this program is, which is acknowledging the past, actually not acknowledging, fully embracing the past, but also leaning into the future. You know, and there's a meme about Coach Woodson. Let's play the song, and this wouldn't be the song that he's choosing, but it's kind of a cool thing to do. And so, you know, I do agree. I think there's a lot of room for improvement just from a let's freshen this thing up, let's do some more from a production entertainment standpoint. But I just thought I thought that moment in particular was a good sign of what the program needs to do, which is embrace the past, but move in to this meme filled future that we now live in, because memes are how you get attention and how you, you know, steal the focus for a couple of hours. And that's about as long as anyone's attention span is these days. Um, So I thought that was a good moment. Any other just observations from the day? Uh, Chad, Why don't we start start with you or or coach? Go ahead. I'll just go quick. I, I think the candy stripes was great. You, you know, and I'm all about seriousness and not popping your collar and doing all that stuff. And I mean that you go to play the game between the lines, but outside the lines and in events like this, you got to have some fun. And, and the coaches coming out in the candy stripes, it, it was solid. But even better than that was Isaiah in the candy stripes. If that didn't just bring back just goosebumps for this old man. You think they gave him a pair? Or do you think he's got his old pair and he just, he just brings he it probably with him got everywhere. millions of pairs. Yeah. He <laughs> has one wherever he goes. Right? He probably um, hey, Isaiah, we're going to, we're going to put you in candy. Well, I brought mine. I bring them yeah, everywhere. I, They're in my suitcase. <laughs> top of the suitcase. That, um, that, that, that whole thing again, showed the, the vibe between the program. And, and if that means better basketball X's and O's and, and better results than that, that's great. But, um, you know, the family atmosphere, the tradition is back. And I, I think I texted you guys. I said, I really wasn't one of those guys who wanted an IU coach back. I just wanted the best coach. But, man, it feels cool. This is really cool to see uh, these old players back in their candy stripes now leading. leading. So I think that I think that matters. This is a great day for Mike Woodson and his family. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll continue with that, just saying the Isaiah stuff and everything and seeing Isaiah uh, also breaking down and getting emotional to a point too, 
that was really cool to see. And, clearly and got emotional too. Right yeah. Before he yeah. started talking. I mean, both. And, and it just, it just shows that's, that's kind of shows that how emotional a lot of us fans, like you said, that are really paying attention in the X players, it, it, that's a relief cry. That's a, a relief emotion um, and an excitement emotion that came out of him in, in that moment. So that was really fun to see and everything. And then how about, how about the fact that we've got a fantastic dunker as a walk-on too? Uh, a special shout out to Childress for, for making a pretty fantastic dunk and uh, uh, doing pretty, pretty well in the dunk contest as well. Um, so yeah, I liked, I liked all of, all of, all of those moments, but yeah, the, the emotion that you saw uh, was an, an additional takeaway for me. Also, we have a San Diego guy, Ryan. How excited are you? Yeah, I know nothing about him because it was a shock. I'll have to I'll have to do some research. Hopefully, he didn't go to one of my rival high schools like a uh, another former uh, Hoosier who was there for a year. Um, but yeah, hey, yeah. gotta love the San Diego. There has never been a bad time to connect San Diego and Indiana. I've always said it. I think it's. Mm. By the way, just, the like the, just, like tra- just like USC transfers to Indiana always works out, always <laughs> works out. One other observation while we're on the topic of the candy stripes. Obviously, we all love the candy stripe pants. I'm not a fan of the candy stripe shorts. Candy stripes, they need oh, to be full length. It just I'm, doesn't I'm look wearing right to me a in pair a of I'm wearing a pair of candy stripe shorts right now. That's because you're like, a game like now. Actually, you can do can that. You can look game? ridiculous. Don't show us. No, don't. don't. No, no, oh, no, no. Oh, no. No, I like the I'm, shorts too. I'm sorry. I'm with you, right? I, like, I like the shorts. We need to put this to a vote. We, Candy stripes need to be full length in pants. It looks weird in shorts. Mm. Shorts and in a game. Shorts are fun. Ooh, no, absolutely. No, no, wow. No. That's okay. No. We need double the gauntlet. There. All right, chat mob, chat mob, you got to settle this. Yes to the to the candy stripe shorts or no. I thought those warm-up shirts were awesome. And I love the fact that, you know, at Indiana, whenever you see a team the team wearing some cool apparel, you know you're gonna get access to it. So, I'm kidding. We don't get access to anything. (laughs) Unfortunately. Ryan says yes. Okay, Valerie says no. And Valerie is really the arbiter. She's the one. Uh, Joel. We got Joel. Good old Joel Joel, saying yes. yes. Okay, now imagine Joel Joel wearing candy striped shorts. Ari says he's indifferent to candy stripes. By the way, Sean. agreeable. Which means Sean, he buys me a beer later tonight. Sean Burke hey. went to Vista High School in San Diego, which is, you know, that's a, it's a decent spot. It's a good spot. It's not a rival. I'm good with it. <laughs> what? How about I, my favorite was the women's coaches with their Elite Eight shirts. Yes, that was a I great flex. Those. Yep. That was great. So let's talk a little bit about the women's team. Um, because, look, I mean, they're returning. Did they, did they lose any key players off last year's team? Who'd they lose? I don't think so. Allie's back. Grace is back. Mackenzie's back. Nicole, Alexa. Yeah, I mean, they're they're all back. So, you know, I don't... Maybe someone in the chat can chime in with newcomers that they have. But, I mean, they've got the core group from a team that went to the Elite Eight. And it's was everybody's so, back. Yeah, and was so fun to watch. And I love the fact that they came out with their Elite Eight shirts. That's, I mean, that's great. You know, they should be approaching this season now from a point of confidence you know they're not going to kind of sneak up on anybody anymore and as we're seeing from the football team you know it can be a little bit of a a different thing but they entered last season with a lot of expectations and they did great with them so you know I can't wait to watch them I thought Allie Patberg's speech was great you know she kind of gritted it out through a hoarse voice but you know no one grits things out like Allie Patberg so we knew she would Um, but I got I have high hopes for them you know Grace Berger uh, played for Team USA in the you know in the during the offseason that's a great experience for her 
So, I mean, what do we think about their chances to improve? You know, because sometimes you get everybody back, but that just means that you're, you know, if you a little bit overachieved last year, that maybe you're the same or you fall back. Do we feel like they have a ceiling to get even better this year? I do. I mean, I feel like someone like Grace Berger has another level that she can go to, you know, and be, you know, increase her scoring average. Mackenzie Holmes seems like she can get even more dominant. So I think they, they need can to be able to better. From what I watched, and I'll admit I didn't I didn't watch all of their games, but from from the stuff I watched, they need to be able to knock down threes. That was what escaped them in the tournament, and that was what Sounds really familiar. ultimately ultimately cost them in the elite eight. They need to be able to consistently knock down some shots. And yes, it does spread to uh, <laughs> spread to both uh, men's and women's programs. But that that to be able to consistently knock down shots, I think would be something because here's the thing. When they ran into a team in Arizona that made their shots, they really struggled to keep up with them. And and they made a comeback in that game and everything. But I, I really think that uh, they need to be able to, to consistently hit, hit their threes and, and uh, have that consistent offense working because they look really good. They looked really good defensively. When I watched them, they look like they scored inside pretty easily, but you need to be able to diversify what you're doing. Or as we've talked about with a men's team, they'll just pack the paint and, and force you to keep shooting. I think they'll still be a really, really solid and a danger, but you know, your runs in the NCAA tournament all depend on the draw and your matchups. You can run into a buzzsaw in the sweet 16 or in round two or whatever. We hope it'd be nice to advance past the elite eight uh, for the women. And they're just in good hands. The program, uh, the attendance down here is really good. So uh, looking forward to uh, watching them play this season. Well, you get you get a you get a senior leader, uh, a senior skills leader, and stuff. Someone that uh, takes advantage of that COVID year and comes back. I mean, that's that's going to ignite some fire uh, on the team and everything. And then and then they're hungry now. I mean, you get so close and everything, and uh, they admit it as as she said during her speech. Yeah, we lost that last game. We lost it, but but they're hunger. They're hungry to get back, and they're driven and everything. And that's that's going to help propel them forward and. Uh, should be a good year for them. It's exciting. We need to get out and support them. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those where can you live up to the expectations? I mean, I know they had some expectations coming into last year, but nowhere near that idea of going to an Elite Eight, possibly a Final Four. And I, I love Allie, and I think McKenzie's a great inside player. To me, the kid that's going to kind of be the make or break for him is Golby. Uh, Alexa is a kid yeah. that can go inside, outside, and she has the ability to stretch defense with the three ball. And she kind of struggled in the NCAA tournament with her shot. If she gets hot or can be more consistent – they, they've got a chance to be really, really good. They In the league, they're going to still find a way to beat them, Maryland, somebody, you know, to get to the top of the league. But they've got a chance, and and I like the makeup, and I love Terry Moore and come out to small town, by the way. Yes. I mean, she's a girl from Seymour. What else is she going to come out to? You know, it's perfect. Okay, any other observations from Hoosier Hysteria? Uh, and, you know, Coach and Coach Marlowe, I'm especially curious – you know, I know obviously the, you know, we didn't get to see the scrimmage, but we got to see some of the ups and downs, some of the drills. If you guys want to go real like hardcore nerd coaching and give the rest of us some insight on anything that we can take from that, that we haven't talked about yet, uh, this would be the time to do it. And I think we're all, we'd all be interested to know how you watch that stuff, you know, cause it's not a scrimmage, but that's it's practice. It's some of the, you know, some of the drills and some of the stuff they do. What do you, what do you take from that stuff? For for me, I, I look at the actions that they're running, and basically those drills were early offense uh, actions, uh, and they had they had uh, you know a little back screen for the guard when he entered it to the wing, and, and they go away for a staggered double into a, a what we call an empty ball screen uh, action on, on the wing. So that's something we're going to see. A lot of those actions were to get those guards downhill, 
uh, and then play through the post after trying to go downhill. Uh, the thing I saw Coach Marlowe in, in the, those five on O's is that they do a good job. I think Woodson does a nice job of moving his perimeters. I saw this in the Bahamas. They lift off the baseline uh, and try to get away from help as the guards drive downhill. And, and even in the Bahamas, they would do some what do we call Xing or looping off the baseline uh, action or floppy action is what someone calls that at times. And you can pick up some of that uh, in, in these five on O's. And that's probably the basic action. But I really liked it when Coach Woodson, I, they had a mic here in the arena, and uh, he said away. So there's going to be concepts when they're on the fly that he's going to yell uh, to the point guards the action as, as he finds a, an advantage or maybe coming out of the timeout, we're going to run away in transition now or we're going to run UCLA in transition now. And it, it's a, a lot of flexibility. And I just think – there's a lot more to Coach Woodson's offense than just what he runs in five on O, but it is going to be pace. It is going to be getting guards to make plays, either assist or at the rim scoring. It is going to be multiple ways to get the ball in the post. It's refreshing. Hmm. Well, I I will say some of that. Coach probably had a little better view of it being there because some of the camera coverage wasn't right. the best. <laughs> um, it, and I'm not trying to complain too much about the coverage. It's just what it is. I did that but, already. You're good, coach. <laughs> but I, what I liked is I've all, I've just been a believer, and I kind of the last couple of years of my coaching, we really tried to get shooters in the corner. And like coach was talking about, you can lift them out of the corner, but you got to get them to the corner to begin with. And that stretches the defense because you if you help too much, you kick it to the corner, you hit the three. If you don't help – then somebody like Xavier Johnson or a, a Tamar Bates is going to get downhill and get to the rim or draw other help. And then TJD or somebody's going to be open at the rim. So I liked that. I did like the action coach. And I can't remember if it was on the four on O or the five on O where they did a little dribble handoff action with the big, and then kind of rolled out of that into a, an action at the rim. Uh, mm -hmm. I think they even did one where it was a little bit more of a pick and pop act, or no, I think it was more, I take it back. Uh, they were down screen or what I used to call a, a long, uh, we called it a, a um, a horn set. It looked like it was a horn set where they were mm -hmm. doing a wide pin down for the big to get an elbow jumper. Now, maybe I wasn't quite catching it all on the TV, but I kind of like that. I saw TJD taking an elbow jumper. I saw Jordan drama. To me, those are what I want to see in practice is them trying to stretch out the floor a little bit. Cause I, I'm just a big believer that the game, especially at the college level is moving away from the traditional back to the basket player. You know, yeah. I think you gotta, you gotta space the floor and you gotta open the middle. Coach, you, you did. You saw it here. There's some roll and replace action, uh, dribble at back door into a ball mm -hmm. screen, and then the big lifts, the opposite big lifts into a ball screen. Um, they were doing some roll replace, and instead of popping up to the top, they would go pin down wide. Is probably the action that that you saw, and then the big is in the corner. Um, yeah, that that's good to me. That's good action. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you got to do it against defense. Everyone looks good five on zero. Oh. I mean, heck, I would look good five on zero oh, uh, running offense. You know, but I would agree with that. Some some good stuff. Um, yeah, that you just think there's some good stuff, and it's different and it's modern, which and I we can all say our praises for. And, and I know you don't do. It. I know what I like, and I'm a kind of a defensive guy too. I mean, I love to shoot it, but as a coach, it was preach defense. I would have loved to have seen some of our. Right. I wish we could have got some scrimmage to see some of the defensive concept. Coach, you've seen the Bahamas film. I haven't seen any of that. So I but I'm really excited to kind of watch our defensive principles under Coach Woodson. 
I would any fan base enjoy a shell drill more at Hoosier Hysteria? Than- <laughs> I, would, <laughs> yeah, I would love Give it. me shell. Give me shell every day. Just imagine uh, the we did it looking every at day. each other like, okay, cool shell drill. They did do it. Awesome. They did do a little bit of a. Uh, they did do a little bit of a fast break drill that we used to do. Kind of the you know you go three on like a three on O down, and then the person in the middle would stay, and you come back with a couple. Of, again, some of the coverage on the TV, I was having a hard time following with, but it looked like a drill similar to what we used to do. Kind of you know. It, it was it was a little old time basketball in here, Coach Marlowe. You would have loved it. That's why I got this big smile on my face. <laughs> By the way, Coach, I'm not sure if this is how it sounded in person, so I'm curious to to get your thought. But we were kind of wondering before, you know, what moment is going to get the loudest ovation? I'm pretty sure when Coach Woodson said Coach Knight, that was the loudest Assembly Hall got, wasn't it? Oh yeah, and and, and there were there were several moments, Jared, where the loud the crowd really erupted coach Woodson. When he walked out, it was great to, to hear that ovation too, but yeah, uh, Woodson knows how to, how to get the crowd going. He's going to mention coach Knight almost uh, every time. So that, that mm-hmm. was solid. So, you know, look, this is probably the last time we're going to see anything until the first game. Cause Indiana is not playing any public exhibitions. They have two private scrimmages set up. One is against, hang on. Who are the, who are the scrimmages against? Well, I think Cincinnati. they're playing Belmont for one. Cincinnati and Belmont, and I think, Belmont. is the other one. Yep. Well, it's so, been speculated. Coach Woodson said it's going to be in Louisville, so some people are speculating on Bellarmine, but I think it's going to be Belmont. Yeah. So uh, yeah, know, it has, the, the second one hasn't been confirmed, but Cincinnati. No, it has not been confirmed. So you know, usually all we get from those are box scores. So I'm curious, and Chad, we'll start with you. When you get the box scores for those exhibitions, and again, we can't watch it, we can't see anything. But what's the first thing that your eyes are going to go to, just to just to see? What are you going to be the most curious about when you get those box scores? I want to see uh, Parker Stewart's numbers back up um, on on the three point shot and everything. Again, from seeing them in the Bahamas and everything, I, I saw his defense a lot too. I'm actually going to looking at his his stat line pretty pretty closely. I want to see some more steals from him and and overall on the team because they were very aggressive with their on ball defense in the Bahamas. So I'm going to be looking I'm going to be looking for that as well. And then just again to see how the minutes were were, were delved out. Um, who's playing the most? Who's what? What kind of uh, rotations we can maybe think that happened within that? Um, what What are the minute, minutes compared compared with uh, Xavier and Rob Fennessy, who who's kind of sharing most of that load? And are we also seeing Christian pop in there as well? Um, those are the kind of things I think I'm going to be looking for in those box scores. Three point shooting percentage. Number one, first thing I'm looking at. Assist to turnover ratio. Yeah. Coach Marlowe? Three, I, I'll agree everybody so far. Three-point percentage, and I like Coach. I was going to say just turnovers, but assist to turnover ratio. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the three-point percentage is obvious. You know, three-point three free throws, we're always going to be looking to that. I think for me, you know, th- there's a couple X factors on this team. And the one guy to me is Jordan Geronimo, who I think – really has the potential to take a leap. And like, if you told me right now that come February, Jordan Geronimo is starting and like in the rotation is one of the top five players, I would not be shocked by that just because he's got, I'm not saying I'm predicting it, but he's got the kind of athletic potential, the hustle, the effort, the attitude to where you could see him take a leap. And so I'm going to be curious to see what does he do in the exhibition? You know, because if he's already kind of playing more minutes and being productive and being a guy who's getting you a lot of rebounds, I think that really bodes well for this team early. Because I think he's the kind of guy 
that swings a Syracuse game or swings a St. John's game, you know, against a better team um, coming off the bench. So I think he's important. Then I'll also be interested to see what Christian Lander does. You know, Christian Lander obviously didn't, you know, play much at all in the Bahamas. Um, and he may not end up doing much this season, but he's got the kind of talent, again, that's kind of an X factor and could really kind of shake up the guard rotation. So by then, is he getting in? Is he getting more minutes and doing anything? Um, you know, I think those two guys, I think Indiana can win without either one of those guys playing a huge role. Although I think Geronimo is going to have to, you know, be a, a somewhat reliable bench guy. But I think those are the two of the guys who can really kind of raise the ceiling for this team if they really take steps forward. So I'll just be curious to see, okay, here we are in the offseason. How much are they playing? What are they doing? Are, are there any other individuals that you guys are going to be especially curious to see? For me, I think you hit it. Um, maybe just if race, you know, see some numbers of on race Thompson, see what he's, if he's, you know, taking some shots from the outside, as opposed to just playing in the post, as we've heard that he's moving around. Um, but other than that, I think you hit the main guys that we're going to look at. I, th- I think the other, yeah, Parker, I think the other thing you're going to look for to see is uh, I want to see Miller Cop. I think he's going to eat up a lot of minutes this year, just from what I what I saw in the Bahamas. He's a leader. He's a real leader, and his, his three point shot making and everything is going to be huge for the team. And then again, his off the box score type of plays that that he made in the Bahamas, uh, we're going to see that a lot. The hustle plays, the rebounding. He even said that in, in the in the presser that he uh, was going to be working on things like his def- defensive rebounding and things like that. So I think his minute his minutes are going to climb and and be higher as we go. Um, health, obviously. Uh, hopeful on, on that end. I, I agree about Cop. I really do think Cop is going to be a major player for us this year. I really liked his game, and sometimes maybe you're just a bet, one of the better players on a team that's not as good. But I really like how Cop fits into the to the scheme we have. I'm really interested in Tamar Bates, and I really enjoyed your interview, your segment with him, Jared, and for the rest of the people who haven't had a chance to you know, listen to that the inside scoop. I really enjoyed that. Um, but he had a good Bahamas. Will he be able to do that as we start getting into more organized teams who are going to, excuse me, scout, watch the video and start taking away some things from him? I'll be interested because to me, Tamar could also be a real X factor. He's the kind of kid that could really, you know, be a kind of, you know, I'm trying to think of a, a I'm trying to think maybe one of you guys have a freshman, an impact freshman that we weren't expecting per se, but just really came in as an impact freshman. And we were like, wow, really love that kid. And I can't think of somebody off the top. AJ Guyton would be one. Yeah, but I think, but but Tamar has higher expectations. I mean, he was a borderline four star, five star guy. I guess, like, I don't look at him as a X factor as much as a guy that really is going to need to play and that I think will play because I already think he's you know probably one of the three, four, five most talented players on the team. Now he's going to have to adjust to the physicality and the mental part and all that. Um, but I, you know, I think I think he's got to play a big role on this team. But you know we'll see. He's a freshman, so you know you don't want to you don't want to expect too much. Um, all right, I think it's it's going to be time to close up here. Let's kick it to Ryan first for some closing thoughts. Ryan, did we do okay at extracting a meaningful conversation from a meaningless event? What do you think? Sure, uh, <laughs> I think we did great, guys. We can all pat ourselves on the back. No, uh, I one thing to take away that nobody really mentioned is is just having fans back. You know, it's just a, and we talked about the attendance, but just the, the vibe of having fans back in the arena is fantastic and is Coach something that, that, well, I know, but I, we didn't really belabor the point. 
And 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 I think that <laughs> that's what we do on the assembly call is we belabor points. <laughs> we do. We didn't really like. I mean, think about it. Think about how different it is this year from last year. I mean, just the general vibe of the season and uh, the, the arena and all of that. I mean, it's going to play a huge factor in this season. It's going to play a huge factor moving forward for the program. Is that home court advantage that has been missing? And um, I don't know. I just think that that's the big. Um, that's the big takeaway for me today is people are back. Uh, the team is going to get to, you know, both teams, men's and women's are going to pl- get to play in front of fans. So uh, for yeah. me, that was the big, that was the big uh, takeaway from today. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, before we do parting shots, IU Penn state starts soon. Let's go around. Give, is anyone feeling optimistic about tonight's game in happy Valley? That's a lot of head shaking. Okay. Nope. Good. Maybe that's exactly what this football team needs. Is everybody going back to to doubting them love, and not believing, and then they can step up and surprise again? I would love to be surprised. Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking somewhere between the Iowa and the Cincinnati game. I think Galen said it well on the preview podcast. Just don't lose it in the first quarter. You know, I think they can they can kind of reinstill some confidence if they make it a 50 minute game. You know, a 55 minute game. You know, be competitive up there. I think that's what they need to do. Any any other football thoughts before we close up? No, I think that might be their best performance tonight, and they still get beat by eleven to fourteen points. Uh, I don't think Penn State's that good. I have, I, have, I have one thought: Go Bearcats! That was that was awesome. What the Bearcats do? They beat Notre they beat, Dame. They beat Notre Dame. Oh, oh, nice, very nice. Um, I think if they play to their capabilities and limit the turnovers, which has been an issue at least or up until the Western Kentucky game. I think it can be a one possession game. I said 28-24. That's my best case scenario. Their case their scenario for me is Penn State still ticked off about last year and they blow us out in the first quarter and it's never really a game. Mm. By the way, one last observation. Tamar Bates sporting the wristband high up on his forearm, which is a nice look that we haven't seen. I've always loved that look from basketball players. We haven't seen that. I think if I recall, didn't Will Sheehy do that a couple times? It was either that or it was tape. But I think we were talking about it on Twitter. I think Bracey Wright was the last guy to do it. Not that that's Not a great omen, steps. although you know Bracey yeah. put up numbers but didn't have the most memorable career. But still, I think it's a good look for a basketball player. So happy to see how that works out for Tamar, who I think will be better than Bracey Wright. Uh, okay, let's go around the horn. Uh, final thoughts and the most, the thing that you're the most, look, this is Hoosier hysteria. We're all about optimism and excitement right now. I'm sure the people who you know are just thinking, show me come the season, they're probably not even listening to the show. So let's just indulge in a little bit of optimism and excitement. What's the thing that you're the most excited about for when the games start? Coach, you go first. And Ryan, feel free to hang around if you want to do this too. Or I'll wait if you need to. Yeah. Okay. Let me yeah, go next. I'm, I'm most excited about I'm I'm most excited about the the brand of basketball being exciting again. Uh and and I can't guarantee you that's gonna be, you know a lot of wins or whatever number of wins, it's more enjoyable and it's more enjoyable from an X and O standpoint. And, and coach Woodson's just each and every day, the way he speaks is, is making, making us all happy uh, about being IU fans again. So, but it's a new brand of basketball and I think folks will like it. Even, even if there's some struggles, Ryan, most excited about uh, seeing all the new guys and how they fit in. Uh, I think there's been a, a lot of turnover and that, and I think that we've been with, you know, talking about these guys for so long, it kind of sometimes feels 
like we forget how many new guys. I mean, Parker Stewart never played last year. He's technically still a new guy, you know, and, and then you get Xavier Johnson and Miller Cop and Michael Durr when he's healthy and, and, and Tamar and I mean, Christian Lander is almost like a new guy because he didn't play much. You know, I mean, there's there's so many guys who can impact this roster who we haven't really seen yet. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see how these new guys uh, play in this new system and, and how it fits. And I'm also interested to see how I got, you know, stalwarts like Trace Jackson Davis and and plays and, you know, does he change his game a little bit? We haven't really seen much of a change in his game. And over the years, and, and it appears they're trying to you know diversify that for him. And how does a guy like Rob Finnessy, who struggled so much with consistency for his entire career, so those um, all those things, just just how these guys fit into a new system. One thing you were given instructions. One thing. See, this is how what the YouTube commenter was talking about. There He's like, is. pick one. Don't just say everything. Pick one. Well, you know what? It, it's Hoosier hysteria day. I'm going my own. I'm, I'm going to go do my own thing, just like they didn't do a scrimmage. All right. <laughs> oh, this uh, is this is when you're going to choose to do your own thing. Yeah, okay. exactly. Right. No, I. Okay. But but my point was how everybody fits into this system. So that yes. that's my one thing, and uh, it, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. I'm right, out Chad, of you guys. By the way, from the Thank scraps you. that Ryan left for the rest of us, what are you most excited about? <laughs> well, first. Uh, a special shout out to uh, Jared's left arm for uh, uh, wrangling his son this whole time and everything. He's 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 been a champ. He's fading fast there. He's been awesome, hasn't he? He's been here for he's the close. entire episode. He's close. And his great outfit, too. Well dressed <laughs> for the occasion. My wife um, had him dressed in a Texas A&M outfit. As soon as she left, I changed him. Nice. I knew he might nice. end up making an appearance today. We're going to let that happen. Well done. Well done. Now, the, the thing that I'm I'm most excited for this season, if, if anyone's listened to me on any of these post-game shows or if they've listened to me uh, do my show, Who's Your Morning After, the one thing I harked about this past season the most is this team didn't have a bulldog on the team. The team didn't have that bulldog player, didn't have that exciting player, that take charge kind of player, just the bulldog. You'd explain he's a bulldog. And I feel like we have that in, in a couple of players this year. And it, it's really exciting. Miller Cops definitely won. Xavier Johnson's going to be one. Tamar Bates is going to be one and everything. And I just, I, I'm really excited that we finally feel like I have, we have those alpha dogs and those bulldogs on this team uh, going into this year. I see that the chat mob bully is calling me a podcast bully. Okay. I think Ryan, I think Ryan can take it. Uh, real quick, uh, my my Uber, my wife is out there waiting to to go to dinner. So I, I'm okay. gonna say uh, so long. Thanks everyone for following along, and and just hold on till November 9th. It'll be great. We'll see you, everybody. Here I come, Mrs. Stun Sony. <laughs> tell her we tell her we said hi. All right, we'll see you. All right, Coach Marlowe. I, I kind of, I'll, I'll kind of pick, I'll kind of piggyback off a of chat a little bit and kind of, and then maybe go a, a plus on that. I, I really want to see an alpha. I, I, he calls it the the uh, the bulldog. I call it. But I want to see an alpha. I want to see that person say, "Give me the ball. I'm going to make a play, whether I'm scoring or creating for somebody." And I think that also comes back to leadership. I've just felt like the last two three years, there's been no leader, at least out on the floor that I see. I don't see that person. I don't want to say grabbing somebody by a shirt, but you all know what I mean. Just, you know, who's going to be like, I've got you. Listen, this is what we're doing. And to me, and I know I'm biased, but you had one of the greatest leaders in basketball history talking to those guys today. When he talked to those guys and said, you will graduate. 
I left early and I got the piece of paper. You will come back. And that's what it means to be an IU player. That's I want. I know that's easier said than done, but I need to see that. I want somebody who will be that leader. You know, the stories of how he would look at, you know, he wouldn't necessarily talk back to Knight. But when Knight was not there, he'd look at those guys and be like, forget him. He's not, you know, you guys aren't, we're not that bad. I, I want somebody in that locker room and on the floor who's a leader, who's an alpha, who's a bulldog. That's what I want to see. Yeah, you know, for me, I think the one guy that we haven't talked about a lot today um, is Trace Jackson Davis. And, you know, I'm really excited to see how he grows and develops this year. You know, do we see his game expand? Do we see him taking more shots? Do we see him showing more elements uh, to his offensive game? Do we see him stepping up more as a leader? All of those things. Because, you know, look, Trace hasn't had a lot of team success, obviously. But the kind of numbers that he's put up through his freshman and sophomore season, he now has a chance as he enters his upperclassman years. If the team can produce and do some good things, he's got a chance to start writing his name along some pretty some pretty big company. Because not a lot of guys have done what he's done over the first two years. And you can make the argument that, yeah, you know, on a good Indiana team, he wouldn't have gotten so many opportunities and he was being force fed and blah, blah, blah. All that is perhaps true, but at the end of the day, Trace was the one playing on those teams and producing without a whole lot of help around him. And I think the fact that he came back really helped to legitimize what Mike Woodson and Thad Mata and Dane Fife and Kenya Hunter and all those guys are doing uh, and ensured that this team enters this season with a clear leader and an All-American that they can build around. And so it's so easy after a couple of years to take a guy like Trace for granted and talk about how important it is for the young guys and the new guys and all these other guys to step up, and they do. But at the end of the day, Trace has to be an All-American, you know, maybe a first-team All-American for this team to really compete in the Big Ten and fulfill the potential that you know some of us think that this team has. And so I'm really going to be excited to see just if there's a different pep in his step, you know, a different joy to the way that he plays, a different consistency uh, to you know to the way that he attacks games. Because it sure felt at times last year like he just had the weight of the world on his shoulders and that he just wasn't enjoying as much the role of being Indiana's leader. And I would love to see him get to the point where that is the case again. And so I'm going to be really excited to, uh, to see that. Um, but let's close up here. You know, and all, all I want to say is closing. Um, you know, I see a, a tweet here from Zach Osterman uh, with, a, uh, with a picture at the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater celebrating the life of Jason Kennedy. Uh, and Jason Kennedy obviously passed away unexpectedly uh, last year. They did a celebration of life for him today. And, you know, boy, is there anybody who would be more excited about what happened at Assembly Hall today and what's happening right now with the team than Jason Kennedy? You know, seeing Mike Woodson back, seeing kind of the family be brought back together and seeing the optimism. Um, you know, if you've ever spent time with him, and I was only, I only actually hung out in person with him one time. And it was extremely memorable, as I think anybody who spent time with Jason, you know, their time with him was memorable. And so, you know, just uh, thinking thinking warm thoughts about him and, and kind of reliving pleasant memories. Uh, you know, as Zach said, you know, uh, Galen was there, a lot of people there sharing memories uh, of a great, great Indiana fan. Um, so we just want to... Uh, Send some words up his way, because uh, I think he's going to be excited looking down on this team and this program moving forward if they can uh, succeed like we all uh, hope that they can succeed. So, But that is it. That is going to do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call. Uh, my thanks to Coach Tonsoni and Coach Marlowe and Chad and Ryan for being here. 
My thanks to everybody else who was here with the chat. Uh, we wish the football Hoosiers good luck tonight. Uh, and a special shout out to my son, who has now fallen asleep uh, listening to me talk about IU basketball, which is probably something that he'll get used to over the course of his life. <laughs> you did a great job, though, hanging out with us throughout this show. So nice to have you here, bud. All right. Uh, we will talk to you on the next episode of The Assembly Call. Take it from me, Rob Finnessy. Keep your eyes on the rim, your elbows in. Go Hoosiers. I like everything about that. All right. Good stuff, gentlemen. Now you now you have a new way you can get him to sleep. Just come on in, <laughs> Just, yeah. stand up at your desk, and start talking. It was each time that you went into one of your longer talks that he finally started to <laughs> yeah. lay his head down. Sure it was. Oh, Dad's, Dad's talking about IU basketball. Dad's talking. Okay, he did get a little antsy when Ryan when Ryan was talking. So I I, I don't know what to think about that. I know. Well, don't um, we all? Yeah, <laughs> but you, those are the moments you're going to remember, Jared. Twenty years from now, when you were doing the show, with having him on here like that. So just <laughs> you're, enjoy it. Hey, what's um, his name, by the way? His name is Theodore. We call him Teddy, and he has yet to experience right. an Indiana win. He was born the night of the second Rutgers loss last year, and of course, we hmm. proceeded to lose every game after that. So he's still awaiting his first Indiana win. It'll That's come true. soon. All right, guys. Well, thanks. Let's. This year. Let's go football. I got to get downstairs. We're going to we're going to throw the bonfire outside, put a TV outside, do schmores, watch the Very football nice. game. It'll be great. Very nice. All right, let's go Hoosiers. All right. See you go, guys. Talk Thanks, to you guys. See you, Jared. See you, Chad. Bye. Welcome back to the quickest podcast ever. Brought to you by Kohl's. Today's topic, fall style. Wait, wasn't it just June? Right? So I went to Kohl's. Of course you did. I got a cute Kara Santana for Nine West sweater for 25% off and a great pair of Vans. Love Vans. And save 25% on a champion hoodie for my husband. Ooh, sounds cozy. You should go. You'll get 15% off or 15, 20, or even 30% off with a Kohl's card. BRB. Select styles. Offers end September 26th. Champion coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. California's Great America, it's never too early to start thinking about next year's fun. That's why we're offering the lowest price of the year on a 2022 Gold Pass right now. That includes unlimited visits this year, so you can enjoy the Great Pumpkin Fest, Haunt, and Winterfest. Then unlimited visits next year to try new foods, enjoy festivals like Taste of Orleans, scream on our world-class coasters, and splash away at South Bay Shores Water Park, all for just $82 plus applicable taxes and fees. Hurry, offer ends October 31st, so get your Gold Pass now at cagreatamerica.com. It's amazing in here. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.